1: welcome back to episode 97 of two drunk Brothers in a podcast and 97 any, any big, we're run, we're gonna get to the point now where 200 we can't start naming players anymore um you got me stumped 97 I don't know man hang on hang on famous 97s was it was Michael Strahan 97 no Michael three it is Simeon rice. That ain't nothing. That's not right. Hey, he uh, forced 25 fumbles, had 122 sacks, and helped the Tampa Bay Bucs win Super Bowl 37. There you go. The Simeon Rice episode 97 of Two Drunk Brothers in a Podcast. And come to you, our first episode in November of 2020. We are recording this on Election Day. So I just want to, when you guys hear this, you guys will know the results of the election, but hope everyone went out and did their civic duty and voted. Um but yeah, we are pretty much halfway through the NFL season. I mean, there's not really a good clean halfway point because it's 17 weeks, but we're rolling into week nine, so we're pretty much halfway. Um, yeah, we're falling a fucking part at the seams. Yeah, we started hot, still green on the air. We're barely hanging on by a thread. You're you're barely hanging on by a thread. Yeah, I know. You are riding a fine line here, Mister. Jared is up 0.14 units in the football season. I'm up 9.89, and I think anything over, anything worse than minus two units this week, Jared, it should call for something. I disagree, but okay. I mean that that would put you at minus 20 units in the last three weeks. Yeah, I mean, so here's my thing with that. Like I don't really care, but we force the primetime game which I really don't like a well, lot. We always games. have. Yeah, I know, but like that's how you do it. I feel confident. I'll I'll be okay with that. I don't I don't have a full NFL slate this week. I, I sprinkled in a couple college games. So trying to try, and, try my hand t- took a week off trying my hand, my hand at that again. Yeah. I mean, I, it spice things up. Make you make you know feel confident in your picks. I mean, I already picked them, so regardless of whether I feel confident or not, I have to ride with it. I will say at the beginning of the year, I was hotter than a bare fucking barrel of fire, and you had a couple of bad weeks back to back, but not as bad as your consecutive weeks. I only lost like four units last week. You lost four point two, but the week before you lost thirteen. Yeah, because I had a bad week last week. After a bad, after after a thirteen unit loss, you got bounced back. That's just how it is. You can't follow it up with two consecutive losers. But I have confidence in you. Just saying. Don't let the people down. We ended up only losing six units last week. Uh, Fuck the Buccaneers. That was really the reason why. Yeah, dude. I mean, uh, this defense is supposed to be championship caliber, and they let fucking Daniel Jones and Wayne Gallman run and throw all over them like they were the fucking uh, greatest show on turf. Like, that was pathetic. It was horrible. Um, I think – I don't think that it comes into play if Ronald Jones can hang on to the damn football. I get that. that. Change the players, whole narrative of the game. Plays Players make mistakes. What really is dumb, and I think it, this falls on Bruce Arians and the offensive coordinator down in Tampa, I, I get Ronald Jones fumbled. I get it. It happens. But then they literally just went to Fournette Play after play, and he sucks, dude. He blows. He is. I wasn't watching religiously. The plays I looked down, Fournette looked good to me. So I don't. I don't know. Maybe maybe think, we are just watching different plays. I just think Ronald Jones is a better pass catcher, and that's what Brady needs. Brady doesn't has never had like a big bell cow running back that runs north to south. He needs guys to get outside the tackle box, get outside and catch passes in space, and that's just not Fournette. And I think the Buccaneers probably would have covered – I get Ronald Jones fumbled it, but if they would have stuck, stuck with them, I think like their offense – because there's there a few drives where they just completely stalled out, like bad, because they couldn't get anything going. Uh, well, it doesn't help that Tom Brady – like I said, I didn't watch religiously, but he missed – I saw him miss a lot of wide, wide open players. He had Scotty Miller open in the middle of the field a bunch of times, missed him. Yeah. Like, threw it 10 feet over his head. I know Scotty Miller's not a big guy, but holy shit. Mm-hmm. Washed up Tom Brady, couldn't cover the spread. Oh, no fucking figure. And then, you know what? I want to blame the Packers, but I honestly, I think it's more that the Vikings have, are, or maybe are, are going to bounce back and make a little run at this thing. I always thought they were a good team. Maybe last week they finally found it. I don't know. That was a horrible performance. The first half had. Four possessions, and that's it. Four possessions in the entire first half, all touchdowns. I don't think the Packers had a stop, till late in the third or early in the fourth. Their defense is questionable at best. Yeah, another thing that another another one I picked, one of my picks that killed me, that I would not have bet if I would have known what the weather was going to be like was the over in the Cleveland Oakland game. Yeah. I mean, there's no way I could know we pick these picks on Tuesday what's going to be like on Sunday. If I would have They're known, it's going to be – forty mile an hour winds. I would have if i would have retracted it, but it was already too late at that point. So Yeah, there were I think their wins were bad in the Packers game and the Oakland game. Yeah, they were. Or the so. Browns game, whatever you want to do. Regardless of the fact, um yeah, Jarrett whipped on the Packers, which was his lock. No big deal. Um we all we all make some bad picks. Like the UNC game for me. UNC Thought that they had finally bounced back. Nope. They just showed me that they were actual phonies last week. Yeah. I so, outside of that, any uh other bad beats or bad picks that showed the team was exposed last week? Exposed? The Carolina Panthers. You wanna talk about that one? I mean, that game just I wasn't doing shit around the house. That that kind of the Thursday night game was kinda of like the Monday night game for you last night. I watch it here and there. I was out doing shit, but I mean, they need Chris McCaffrey back. That's just really, really. Out. Mike Davis was good for two games, and that's about it. He's done. Yeah, and the Panthers can't stop a cold team. Yeah. that defense needs a lot of help. Um, yeah. Other than that, Another, well, all, I mean, the Chargers, man. They just they're slowly becoming the Falcons of of the NFL. Oh, speaking of the Chargers and our Bill O'Brien of the Week Award, don't really know of anyone else to give it to besides Anthony Lynn. Yeah. Four weeks in a row, he has blown a 16-plus point lead in a game. Four weeks. Like, you're talking a, a winning record at that point. Does you're the in playoff Lynn, contention. Does Anthony Lynn call the plays in L.A.? Because, like, I feel like a lot of it falls in the play calling. Can we give the Bill O'Brien Award to a coordinator? <laughs> Seriously. I don't know. At the end of the day, like the head coach has some say so. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't just let a team trample all over you in the fourth quarter every week. Yeah. I mean, it's a, there's a lot of conflicting reports online. A lot of it's from last year when they fired Ken Wisenhunt. But, I mean – yeah, it's it's gotta go to Anthony Lynn. Because you can't just blow leads like that. Can't do yeah, it. I mean, the three in a row is just not acceptable if you're a Chargers fan or a Chargers player. Another one I throw out there is Matt Nagy. That play calling's also horrendous too in Chicago. Yeah. To be fair, his whole offense sucks ass, so Well, I mean, you're talking about a team that I don't I don't think I don't think Mitch Trubisky should be on the sidelines. I'm a I'm a Nick Foles guy. I think he's done great things. I just don't think that he's performing. He's he's he. I said it last week. He is not a starting quarterback. He is a fucking come off the bench guy, and he can't get it done in, in the in in the limelight. To be fair, the Bears shouldn't be five and three as it is. No, but <laughs> Matt and Nagy it could be potentially up for that. They played the Saints, so I get it. But Anthony Lynn, when you keep blowing leads like that, I mean, Drew Lock. Glad he came back and played, but he was playing like ass all game. You let him just come back and throw fucking all over you like like he's Peyton Manning back in Denver. Yeah, it was It's great to see because we love Drew Locke, but if you're a Chargers fan, it's got to be frustrating. So we're going to go ahead and give that to Anthony Lynn this week. Bill O'Brien. Talking about that, our upsets of the week have been on point. Not, not necessarily, I would say on point the last couple of weeks. But we haven't had a losing upset of the week week since week three. So, there you go. So, if you, don't take, if you take away any of our picks, just put money on both of our, under, our money line under, underdogs, and you're going to win money every week, pretty much. I mean, since week three, our upset and locks of the week are up 12 and a half units. So, like, if you only, if you only dabble a little bit, throw on our upsets and our locks, and that's some good value right there. Yeah, I mean, we both hit them last week. Travis had the Broncos on that last second touchdown, literally the last play of the game. Um, I had the Dolphins who just fucking obliterated the Rams, which at what point do we call the Dolphins the best secondary in the NFL? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, ESPN had like the best corner duos, and the Dolphins were at number three. So behind – uh the Ravens and the Pats the Ravens defense sucks, so and so does the i mean they they 're better in both those now well Ravens got got i said cornerback duos, so it was yeah. like Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters and Stefan Gilmore and i think j c jackson that that so, one ain 't true no more, but they are creeping up there, and they are starting to look better and better uh but as they start to look better, the lines are going to start to get closer, and it's going to be hard to keep betting on them, so yeah, it definitely is it definitely I think is. the time of betting on the dolphins might have been passed unless we like see that they are true contenders yeah you good. at that so yeah, I mean that's in a nutshell week eight got a lot of we got a few more things we' to talk about, but um, we did a little bit of a q and a from our followers um, we got a we got, I think, one big question we're going to answer, right? Yeah, because it's going to be – it'll be a discussion. So we're only going to do one, and it is from our good friend down at LSU, Jake Bear. Got to love the uh, good old Cajun side of things. <laughs> anyway, he, he said top 10 tailgate traditions slash tailgate foods – But I think we're just going to kind of bounce some off each other, maybe do like five or six because ten could kind of carry on. So traditions and or foods, it can be both? Yeah, it can be both. Um, But he said this because, and we didn't know this in Missouri, we went down to LSU a few years ago uh, for LSU's homecoming versus Mizzou. The culture down there is insane. These nice people from LSU invite us to their tailgate, and they have ski they're passing around they're making a huge homemade pot of jambalaya and it was just honestly a tailgate like we've never seen before we thought we tailgated decently uh, up in missouri so tailgate traditions food i would have to say they 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 take the cake down there in louisiana from what i've seen based on food the food side of things because okay well away. first of all cajun food is a is in my opinion a top three food of all time Yeah, and they brought the whole ass get up to the tailgate to get it done. So I'm going to go ahead and say that. And then they gave us the tradition uh, of the Shot Ski at the tailgate. Yeah, which we ended up making one a few weeks later for our homecoming that's still sitting in my basement now. Sadly, she's collecting dust, but but she lives on. She lives on the Shot Ski we made. Yeah, Um, I can't see... Uh future times until things pass over. The shots being big yeah. and because of COVID. But uh yeah, man. Old times, great times with that. Two tailgate traditions that I think we will always keep in our back pocket from Louisiana folk. Yeah, so uh, I'll I'll do two more and we can keep going back and forth. Um I'll do a food and a tradition. Um for me a tradition is um Beersby. Like Beer's B. is something that we that we did at Mizzou. For those you don't know, look it up. Basically, you people have it set up different ways, but basically, you have two PVC pipes that are in the ground. You set a beer bottle on top of it. You throw a frisbee from about shit, I don't know, fifteen feet away, something like that. Um, and you get points for hitting the beer bottle, knocking it off. The other team's got to catch it with a hand to save it. It's a fun ass game. We started playing at Mizzou. I've honestly never played it anywhere else besides a tailgate and like backyard games in Columbia. Um, so that's a big one for me. And then a food wise for me at a tailgate, like, this is going to sound weird, but like just a nice, like cookie, like just people always bring cookies there. And like, if I want to snack on something, I go and I pick up a cookie and I, and I just eat it. Like, you don't see many, you don't see many desserts at a tailgate though, besides cookies and like, or like cupcakes. So that's true. That's true. Um, next tradition I have, you actually shared it with me earlier. Um, and it's not necessarily one that I've done, but it's one that just takes social media by storm is the good old table smash <laughs> brought to you by Bill's mafia. Like that is just, those are just great. You could, they're satisfying to watch. It'd be fun to do gets the people going and you might see somebody get hurt every once in a while, which is always fun. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great one. Um, I'll do another one right here. It's something we always play at every single tailgate. Um, It's Thunderstruck. Yep. That was going to be my next one. He stole it right out from underneath me. Yeah. Uh, Thunderstruck. That's got to be well known. I mean. Maybe maybe only in the South. We played it at my wedding. So I would hope so. Uh, Thunderstruck. For those of you, again, who don't know. Play the song Thunderstruck by ACDC. Stay in the circle every time the word thunder is said. The next person starts chugging chugging so on and so forth till you pass it off and yeah you can't stop chugging until thunder set again so there's two points in the song where there's like it's pretty fucking long where you have to keep chugging yeah yeah so but other than that i mean like other big tailgate traditions or foods like we don't really have like a food in columbia i guess i know if it's
0: an 11 a.m game
1: It's always nice to have like omelets or something like that or like, or like breakfast at home, like breakfast burritos. Those are always nice, but like really honest, like, I didn't really get food um, at a tailgate to where it was anything to write home about until we went down to yeah. LSU. Um, other than that, like we usually just drink and like, that's about all we, all there is to it. Yeah. <laughs> And just like, hey, let's order a couple pizzas from Domino's and have it delivered to the hot spot down the road and we'll go pick it up. But Exactly. No uh, I, guess, I, guess, I guess bags is another one, playing bags. Bags, cornhole, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I mean, that's anything to ever do outside with people together. Is it bags or cornhole, though, the ultimate debate? I say bags. Me too. Uh, but it's weird. Like I say bags, but when I'm playing the game, I will. And like, you actually like get it in the hole. I'll call it a cornhole. Yeah. So it, you hold it. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But, uh, those are some top tailgating food slash traditions. Uh, great question, Jake. We miss you. Hate, hate to, uh, kick your ass a few weeks ago up here in Columbia, but, uh, maybe, maybe you can get some redemption next time around. Uh, outside of that, Jarrett had a good idea that he wanted to do this week rather than just a typical fantasy football stardom sit-em. We are going to create a standard DFS lineup for NFL Week 9 back and forth. So like, so the only game this won't include for those of you DFS players is going to be Thursday. What would you say? So the only game this won't include is Thursday's game. Yeah, so we're just okay. going to do the standard Sunday and on slate. You want to go back and forth? Who wants to kick it off with, with, with quarterback? Because I'm literally, dude, I'm doing this live. I literally have, I literally have DraftKings pulled up. Yeah, on. The, stand, the Sunday featured 11 yep. games. Yep. So it's just the Sunday one. Uh, we're going to go back and forth with the salary cap. Jared's going to kick it off based on what he okay. sees, and we have to kind of roll from there. So a big strategy—I don't know how you feel about the traps, but a big strategy I've been doing—I do this DFS thing with a group of guys every week, um, and I always go to like when I when I filter players, like I always go to opponent rank high to low and see who's playing like the worst team against that position this week. So for instance this week, Josh Allen's playing Seattle and they're 32nd against opposing quarterbacks. No, I don't. I'm not going to lean Josh Allen. I was going to say Josh Allen's been really like. like Decreasing in value as the weeks have gone on. Yeah, but who I am going to pick is a guy who's always been pretty nails and he has a pretty good matchup this week. I'm going to go Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, I thought you were going to either lean him or Russell Wilson. Yeah, he's $6,800 um, playing uh, Las Vegas. They're 26 against um, quarterbacks in DFS and he's averaging 27 fantasy points per game. And DFS. So let's go with Justin Herbert for the Chargers at quarterback. So who is your first running back, Travis? Who who is our first running back? Because I'm I'm gonna play this lineup. All right. RB1. Uh we got I have an average remaining player, fifty four hundred dollars. Um the the guy who's playing the worst defense is Dalvin Cook. But I don't know with him going off as much as he did last week if it's a good idea to put him in again this week. It's really tough. I'm kind of wanting to try to find a guy that's a little more value ridden here. Yeah. Um. And so for those reasons and those reasons alone, I am going to pick Justin Jackson. He's playing the Las Vegas Raiders who have 27th ranked defense against running backs. And he's a cheap $4,900. All right. I like it. We got two chargers that probably does it for the chargers Don't want to don't want to stack too much up on one on on one team or one game, Um, but I do like that pick at cheap. So now we got Justin Herbert, Justin Jackson. Uh, We got an average remaining salary player salary of fifty four seventy one. So I'm gonna go pick the second running back. And I know you said no to Dalvin Cook. I might come back to him because he's just like he's scoring points out the ass and it's hard. Yeah, if we I mean if we have room for him, I just didn't want to limit our salary for the rest of the time. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, so yeah, if that could be a flex play later, so a guy that I was looking at that I really liked earlier and somebody could potentially get a lot of like red zone snaps, I think it's going to be a, a good um, value pick is going to be David Johnson in Houston. They played Jacksonville this week. Jacksonville's 28 against um, running backs in, D- in DFS. He's only averaging 13 and a half points per game, but again, if I see him getting a rushing touchdown. Yeah, exactly. If he gets one touchdown, I think, I think the juice is worth the squeeze there. So David Johnson is going to be the second running back for us. Okay, I like that. Next, for me, I already have my eyes on him. I know he's more than what we can afford right now. But a guy who we passed up on this quarterback, but he's going to see a lot of the targets, going to be Stephon Diggs. Yep, you mean he's just been he's the, he's the guy in that offense. Averaging eighteen point eight points, playing Seattle's horrible secondary, seventy four hundred dollars, which is almost two grand more than what we have average remaining, but that's okay. Yeah, but selecting him only moves our average remaining player only down to fifty sixty, so five thousand, a little over five thousand um, dollars. I'm going to go with a value wide receiver. I'm going to tell you right now. So I'm going to find someone who's of extreme value um, in this matchup, and what I'm going to do. It's not even really extreme, so I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb, and I'm going to pick Marvin Jones in Detroit. Marvin Jones Jr. Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay is doubtful. Let's just assume he's not going to play. He's the leading receiver right now for the for the Lions, and Marvin Jones is next in line. He's averaged nine and a half points per game, but he's only fifty one hundred dollars. So that definitely helps out a lot and keeps us right around that a- average remaining salary that we had. Marvin Jones, you said. Mm-hmm. All right, let me scroll down and enter him in the lineup. Playing Minnesota, I like that pick. Um, now I'm gonna I'm gonna select the tight end next. That way we have a little bit more money to work with on our wide receiver and our flex. Let's do tight end then defense. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. Also leave a lot. Of, I'm gonna go cheap, high upside. It's gonna leave us a lot of money to work with in our wide receiver and flex positions. We go Albert Oakway, Boonam. Picked him last guy week. Guy that's been getting tossed into the offense a lot. A lot of chemistry with Drew Locke. They're playing Atlanta, 26 against tight ends, and he's only $2,800. Yeah, great pick. And like you said, that already boosts our average remaining player salary to $5,800. I'm going to go ahead and select our defense. I like selecting defense before I do my last receiver and my flex to see what I can afford. Um, so for defense, I'm just looking here right now. And just scrolling through it, I'm going to stay away from the Steelers. They're $4,900. It's just so hard to not pick them because they're going to get sack upon sack upon pick. Yeah. Touchdown. Like, it might be worth it. I don't know. See, I don't don't know. I mean, so a team that I'm going to look at majorly right here. Because there's not a whole lot of other defenses this week that are catching my eye. I am I am actually going to go out on a limb here. Yeah, catching your eye. So i I what do you think about Chicago? Tennessee's been playing putrid, awful. They got their butts whooped by Chicago last week. I mean by by Cincy last week. Um so Chicago's playing Tennessee. That's I just, a I don't I don't trust it with how completely average the Bears defense has been this week this year. Mm-hmm. Like they're only averaging 6.3 points. Maybe if it was like somebody like the Colts playing against Tennessee, I would lean more heavily that way. But with the Bears, I would really hate myself putting them in there. What about Kansas City, the $3,700 they play Carolina at home? Yeah, that's not bad. But with McCaffrey coming back. Is Is he for sure coming back? I'm pretty sure he is. Okay, well, then I'm actually going to pick a big value pick, a team that I actually think played pretty fucking well on Monday night, and they play Washington this week. I'm going to pick the New York Giants defense at twenty seven hundred dollars. The Giants defense? Yep, they're 20, Washington's twenty fourth against against opposing um, defenses this year. So just to save okay. us some money, we can we have a lot of money to play with now. Yeah, and it frees us up to about seventy three fifty remaining per player, which is very very high. Uh, we might be able to even have enough to go back and look at adding a higher value defense if we have enough. But yep. um, next, I am going to pick. This is easy for me. I went to wide receiver, sixty nine hundred dollars playing Tennessee Titans. Allen Robinson, the only one in that offense that can catch a touchdown pass. Yep. Absolutely, absolutely great, and he's scoring a lot. He's the number one guy in Chicago. We'll talk more about that that matchup last week. It's in my in my DD, um, but I like it. So, Flex, we got 7,800 7, bucks left. Let's see what we can do here. Dalvin Cook's off the table. Kind of pains me because I was hoping we could maybe squeeze him in there. That's not going to happen. Um, I mean, if we want to take away $400 nah. on the defense, nah. I don't even know if we can. We can't. Can't, so here's what we're going to do. I'm gonna actually going to change mine to fantasy points your game, high to low. So right now, our best bet on that is Tyler Lockett. He's $6,800, but he's playing against Buffalo. So that kind of worries me a bit. Honestly, Honestly dude, James Robinson yep. is not a bad pick. That's what I was going to pick, James Robinson. Seven, seven grand. He's going against Houston this week, ninth ranked offense, or 29th ranked against running backs, scoring 20.1 points per game. So they give us $800 leeway. So do we want to spend that on a better tight end or a better defense? I think defense. I was just going through and looking at maybe replacing Justin Jackson, but there really isn't anyone that pops out to me anymore. Um, Defensive-wise, we can afford the Ravens, the Washington football team, the Colts. but like None of these matchups are really... No, i i kind i i kind of like like the Giants one to be honest with you. Yeah, they're just cheap, and I don't know how much Washington's going to be able to do. Do we leave eight? Do we leave a eight hundred bucks on the table? What about Melvin Gordon to replace Justin Jackson with? That backfield scares me. Yeah, because Phillip Williams could pop off, Melvin Gordon could pop off, um, and Justin Jackson. On the other hand, is just getting a lot of the touches in LA. But we could replace him with Melvin Gordon and just hope that Justin Herbert balls out, doesn't throw the ball much to anyone else, or doesn't run the ball much. Well, we could see if we could substitute Justin Herbert. We we could put just we could put Russell Wilson in. Let's do that. Man, that's tough. Buffalo is 29th against opposing uh, fantasy quarterbacks. Russell Wilson over Herbert. I like that. Yep. Let's do it. So we have $0 left. So we entered possibly the perfect lineup we could. Um, I did mine in a very, very high entry. Me too. Mine was $200,000. Mine was the $1.4 million play action. Oh, shit. Uh, Russell Wilson, here's your lineup, guys. Russell Wilson, Justin Jackson, David Johnson, Stefan Diggs, Marvin Jones, Allen Robinson, Albert Oakwick, Bunam, James Robinson, and the Giants D. I like that. I actually feel really confident about that. Yeah, I mean we'll see how it goes. Uh, if it if it goes good and it's in somewhat of money, maybe it'll be something that we can do moving forward every week. Yeah. So that is your ultimate DFS lineup on DraftKings, of course. Um, so one thing we want to move touch on before we move on to DeGeneres Digest is we haven't given you some hot takes in a while. Haven't done it. Just haven't done it. So we want to give you two hot takes. One is like a takeaway from the first eight weeks of the year, and the second one is something we think is going to happen in the last nine weeks of the season. So, Travis, I'll let you lead it off. What is your hot take? from the first eight weeks of the NFL season. Okay. My hot take, I guess, and I don't really love it. Um, I actually have a couple. This one's just kind of one that really isn't anything crazy, but I think that the Miami Dolphins make a serious push to win the division. I know they're only two games back right now, but the Bills have not been playing excellent, like, at all. They they struggled versus the Patriots. They struggled versus the Jets. And coming off two losses before that, like they don't have a really honestly convincing win in my eyes at all. Uh, yeah. They play the Seahawks this week, so they could very well lose that game. Miami Dolphins have a winnable game versus the Cardinals. So I think that this division is a little closer than what everyone thinks, and they could possibly the Dolphins could possibly win it. Yeah. I, I don't disagree. Um, you know, for those of you who have been listening to us for a while now, this is our third full, full full football season. We haven't have been super high on our Dolphins, but, I mean, that defense is legit, the number one scoring defense in the NFL, um, allowing, I think it's under 18 points per game, which is absolutely insane. I mean, it's a testament to Brian Flores and the culture he's building down there, so I don't like – I don't mind that hot take at all. My hot take from the first eight weeks of the season is I think – we always have the debate of who is more important to the Patriots dynasty in the past. Was it Tom Brady or Bill Belichick? And I think we're starting to find out it's, it was much more Tom Brady than, than Bill Belichick, in my opinion. Um, I I don't think so. I just think that the, the franchise kind of just dumped everything away. Rebuild for the future. I mean, the the fact that Bill Belichick was throwing everyone underneath the bus this week was was not a great look. Like, he was kind of throwing a fit. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at
0: LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Well, we don't have any fucking money to spend and blah, blah, blah. We only paid Cam Newton a million dollars and all this shit. Like, <clears throat> I don't know. Like. I, that's just my, again, it's a hot take. It's a hot take. Like I just think that Tom Brady is way more important to that franchise than what we all think. I mean, he, he was important, but at the same time, if you put Tom Brady with the with the team that they have on the field right now, I don't think they're much better. And that showed last year when they didn't even make the uh, Super Bowl with the team that they did have because Tom Brady was digressing as a player. Yeah. But at the same time, who knows? Uh, I do want to point out, though. Quick side note: Donald Trump has moved to minus two twenty live bet. Wow! So that has swayed a lot. <laughs> when me and J- to, for reference, when me and Jared started recording to begin this episode, he was plus one ten. Yep, this gambling podcast, so we got to talk about it. But that is insane. <laughs> so, um, what is your hot take? of something that's going to happen in the last half of the half of the NFL season. whoo. Man, I have one. I'll go put if you want me to put go. me on the spot. Go for it. The Washington football team will win the NFC East. That is a hot take that I don't like. <laughs> um, that I mean, it's such a, like I don't love it. I can't. I can't argue with you because these are hot takes. But I'm just gonna leave it. I'm not even gonna say anything. They're for like, sure gonna come in second. <laughs> I, that's not gonna. That doesn't take much. I think a rec football team would come in second at this point. I mean, Dallas is done. They're starting some dude named Cooper or something this weekend. They thought about Yeah, they don't know who they're starting. Ben DiNucci sucks my left nut. Uh, ben, ben DiNucci. The Giants. The Giants. Yeah. And ben, I, DiNucci. I, ben DiNucci. Ben DiNucci. <laughs> uh, don't hate it, but I, I just – I hate – I don't think the Eagles are good, but I don't know if the Washington football team is good. So my, what, my big argument was they're going to rally around Ron Rivera beating cancer. And just kind of just going a little, going a run, which means they won't lose more than two in a row. <laughs> All right, I got my hot take, and it is going to be the Chicago Bears not making the playoffs. I could see it because the NFC is pretty stacked, honestly, bro. It is, and everyone like that. I mean, they started what four and zero. Yeah. Now they're five and three. it's not really as much as a hot take as what some might think, but to bears fans, like they think that they are decent and I don't think they are. I mean, they're five and three right now. If they go five and three or even four and four down the stretch, they may not make the playoffs. You're going to to win a lot of games to make the playoffs in the NFC. You got the Rams, you got the the Seahawks, you got the Cardinals, you got um, the saints, the Bucks. The Packers, the, I mean, what, who, what, who, what if the Vikings start making – the fucking Lions, I mean. I, th- I think – here's an even hotter take. I think that three NFC West teams finish above the Bears. I could see it. Not San Francisco, so you're thinking Arizona, Seattle, and L.A. Yeah. I could see it. I mean, I, I don't hate it. I, I mean, I've we've been calling the Bears frauds all year so gotta stick with it now right got to um so that is a good intro this dip very different gave you an ultimate daily fantasy lineup gave you some hot takes gave you some some top tailgate traditions so with that being said let's lead into the generous digest for week nine and hopefully it's better than last week Hey everyone, as you know, we've been recording with Anchor for about a year now, and honestly, it's the best way to record a podcast. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast because A, it's free, B, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. I'm actually recording this ad from my phone, and they'll distribute your podcast to you for free to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and like 10 other platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership required, and it makes everything so simple. If you want to start a podcast today, go download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. All right, this week's episode, not even on this week's episode of Degenerate's Digest, we're going to roll through our picks as usual, um, down a good amount over the last couple weeks. We're looking to finally get back on track, and I think we can. I think we can do it this week. I like these a hell of a lot more than I have the last couple weeks same. Jared's shaking his head like he does too. So let's get into it with our primetime games. Uh, Thursday night, Packers at 49ers. The Packers are four point road favorites and the over under is 52. I'm just going to go ahead and go into it so I can see. Well, actually, I, I don't know if you have the updated sheet. It's actually They're actually six and it's over under is 50. Okay. Sorry. I. I even had it in front of me. I didn't even fucking. You're good. It. You're good at six and the over under 50. All right. Packers six point favorites over under 50. That doesn't change what I'm doing. Uh, I'm going Packers minus six. You said you'd never do it again though. And I'm doing three. A, but listen, this is why. Whenever they dropped my lock of the week three weeks ago, I hit them again the following week and they won. They dropped your lock of the week this past week. Now it's time for them to write the shit for me again and win 49ers that doesn't worry me no Jimmy G no Tevin Coleman no George Kittle like their offense is depleted Uh, I just think it's time for them to maybe start looking at losing some games to get a better draft pick Uh, their offense is just dead Packers minus six the only thing that worries me is that the Packers don't play well in San Francisco or against San Francisco I don't that doesn't worry me. I'm also doing the Packers minus six. I know they burned me last week when I'm going to do it again. I only, I'm only doing two units. I told myself this week I'm not going to do three units on any game except for my lock. Um, I did three units on three games this week, so yay. Keeping my uh, keeping it to the true um, Barstool Pick'em style where they cannot bet more than three units. Um, but anyway, two units on Packers minus six. Like Travis said, um, they're way too banged up. No Kittle, no Jimmy G. A very thin – running backs, that's wide receiver room. You got to remember Debo Samuel, Debo Samuel's not playing this week either. Very, very thin at those positions. Um, I think they're going to pack – they also just shipped Quan Alexander to New Orleans on the defensive side of the ball.
0: I yeah, think they've given up.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're packing it in for the year. They, they – I was talking <laughs> to you. Packing it in for the year. Yeah, but I was talking to a good buddy of ours, Sean Malone. And, you know, if you're San Francisco – he sent me a tweet of all the players that are injured for them. And it's insane. Like, why not tank, get a good draft pick, bring all those players back and then just be loaded next year. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not talking about a team that's bad you're talking about a team. That's one year move for the super bowl. Like just ship up. it and go their way this year, which is fine. Cause the season's almost a wash as it is with COVID and everything, you know, call it in. Everyone's calling for Kyle Shanahan's head, which is ridiculous, But it's just like, the this year wasn't theirs, and it's no big deal. Yeah, let me let me find the tweet before you real quick that he sent me. Just, to, I mean, the the longer list of players that are you ready for this shit? Yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, Raheem Mostert, Tevin Coleman, Jeff Wilson. So really, all they have on the running back side is fucking Jared McKinnon, Debo Samuel, Jalen Hurd, George Kittle, Jordan Reed. They have a, one of their centers is hurt. Nick Bosa, D. Ford, Ziggy Ansah, Solomon Thomas, Richard Sherman, K. One Williams, and Jarquisky Tart. That is insane. Yeah, I mean that's that's an unbelievable amount of people. A lot of them on the defensive side of the ball that are like their key pieces, and then their offensive side of the ball. It like, gets everyone that they have. Yeah, Not, I mean Nick Mullins is going. I'm sure he's going to come in and put up some points, but they shouldn't really have a problem. Plus, another reason Packers are three and one against a spread on the road this year. Um, and after their after their first loss early this year, they came back the next week and won by 15 points. And Aaron Rodgers is coming home to, to the Bay Area. He grew up in the Bay Area. I just this is Spells Packers big win for me. All right. Let's do it. Both of us with the Packers minus six. Sunday night game. Saints at Bucks. Bucks are the five and a half point home favorites. And the over-under is fifty-one and a half. Now, when I was looking at it today, it was fifty-four and a half. And I liked the under. This three points, while it may not seem like a lot was a lot in my eyes. Like I looked at that and I immediately backed off switched positions. Now I'm going over 51 and a half, one and a half units on it. Um, I mean, this thing's just led up 23 points to the bears. The bucks coming off of a not so great performance against the giants. I think it'll be a hell of a lot easier for them to move the ball against the saints over 51 and a half. I'm also doing the over. I had the over when I was at 54 and a half, I'm doing two units on it. Um, this, the over has hit in every single saints game this year. That they played in the bucks has been a respectable five and three. I wanted to lean the saints here. I wanted to as the underdog, but they're just two and five against the spread this year. So like math told me I couldn't do it. Another reason why I lean the over is in the last three games in these teams last three games, they have scored a combined 63 average. 63.7 points per game on offense. So, I mean, that's just – that's 14 fucking more points than what this over is. They combine that in their last three games. So, average. So, I mean, it', it, it easy money. All right. We're rolling with the picks here. The The uh, unanimous picks are all – not always, but a lot of the times, very good picks to lean. Um, Last primetime game, the Monday night game, which – I don't know how it's the Monday night game, but we got Pats at Jets. God, Pats are seven point road favorites, uh, and the over under is forty two. Um, I personally, I'm taking the Pats minus seven, uh, two units on it. They have dropped four in a row; haven't looked great. But the Jets are just so damn bad. What a way for Cam Newton to like get some confidence back than to than to throw and run all over the Jets. Pat's minus seven, and I'm doing two units on it. Yeah, man. Um, that's was what I was going to pick, but I'm actually going to do the under. I'm going to do the under 42. I'm going to do one unit on it. I think this is a stinker of a game. Not super confident in it, which explains the one unit, um, but the under – has hit in sixty percent of these teams games this, this season both of them the uh, only thing the only thing that worries me about the under in this game is like uh like a 30 something point game that's kind of a blowout on the Pats side and then a garbage time touchdown. Yeah but if that kind of like what happened to you with the Giants on Monday night. Yeah if that happens it happens you know yeah. that's why I'm only doing one unit. I'm just got some more stats to back it up in the last four New England games there have been more than 40 points scored just once, and it was this past weekend against Buffalo. And in the Jets' games, it's also only happened once in the last four weeks. Again, this past week when KC hung 35 and then the Jets scored just nine. So they, these teams just haven't been scoring a lot of points and they've been super low-scoring games. Dude, I could honestly see like a 20-9, 20-12 like game here. Yeah. I mean, it, it could go – obviously both could hit – you could even venture to sit, do a I know we said this last time when and it didn't hit, but like a teaser on this game. Pat's money line under forty nine. Like, yeah. That is that looks pretty sure fire. So with the primetime games out of the way, rolling to the usual upset of the week is up first. Mine, my upset of the week, I'm doing a college game. Saturday at six PM, Louisiana Tech. At North Texas. picking um, the mean green? Taking the mean green. I'm, but I'm not rolling the mean green. I'm rolling Louisiana Tech and uh, this one on the road. The mean green have just – they have not been good this year at all. Where the fuck is this damn game? I can't find it. it Save my life. Go figure. Um, Louisiana Tech is plus 105. So not much – of an underdog, but when you look at the matchup, you wouldn't even think that they would be an upset at all. Like they have the better record, they're the better team on paper. The Mean Green are just not good. Their defense is allowing an astronomical amount of points a game, and I don't think they're going to be able to keep up with how bad their defense is. Okay. College game. Like it a lot. Taking Louisiana Tech they got a big old lefty kicker on their team, so hopefully it doesn't come Lefty up. kicker? Yeah, big old fat lefty kicker. I mean, sh- I don't think it's going to come into play much since the mean green are allowing 550 yards a game and 44 points a game. Fair enough, fair enough. I agree with that. My upset of the week, you're probably not going to like it, but just hear me out before you say anything. It's an NFL game. I'm going to do the Bears- Plus two ten, at the Titans at noon on Sunday. One unit. Listen, Chicago is four and three, just straight up. They're four and three win loss as a money line underdog this year. So they've been underdogs a lot. They're not not they're not privy to it at all. Um, and I think Tennessee's finally coming back down to earth. I even said Tennessee from the get go was not going to be great this year. Um, they looked downright putrid against the Bengals last week. Henry, I'm going to say only here is still a lot, but Henry only rushed for 118 rushing yards. But that on 18 carries, that is the bulk of their offense. He's going to need more than that. And he did that against the third worst rushing defense in the league, which is the Bengals. Meanwhile, the Bears are much better. They're allowing nearly 25 yards per game less on the ground. than the Bengals, I just think they find a way to lock them up and potentially steal one on the road in a Tennessee team that's probably coming back down to earth. All right, can't say I love it, but I respect it. Um, you gotta you, you gotta respect the stats, man. I respect the stats about, uh, what the stats I do respect Stalin Trump is a smooth minus 500 live bet right now. <laughs> that has moved drastically. Uh, I, said, I just keep I switched over to Bovada to check my college lines and make sure they stayed the same since we're talking about college coming up, and that popped up. but lock of the week. Respect stats, lock of the week. My lock of the week is another college game like it was last week, and it fucking hammered, and I don't have any doubt in this either. Saturday at 2.30, number eight, Florida, at number five, Georgia. Georgia's three-and-a-half point favorites, and that is my lock of the week. Yeah. I mean, at Florida, home, yeah. their defense is the real deal, just like it was last year. Uh, Florida's coming off a – A win, which they probably think is confidence booster, versus a Missouri team who's might be the most inconsistent team in college football, but that's a different story. (laughs) On the other hand, the only team that's really been able to put up points on Georgia is Alabama. Now, Kyle Trask in the Florida offense is nothing like Alabama at all. I think they struggle to put up points. You got to remember, you're in Georgia. Uh, The Florida Gators have a defensive tackle and a linebacker that are suspended for the first half of this game. Going to allow Stetson Bennett to be able to open up his offense a little bit more with two key pieces missing. Um, minus three and a half. Georgia's the way better team. Like it. I might buy it down to three, just to be safe, but I, I, I like that pick. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it even moves to three. Yeah. It's either going to move to three or four. Not really sure, honestly, what they're – what it's looking like, but I like it at either. I feel you. Um, Like that, my lock of the week is an NFL game. Travis and I were talking about it. I'm going to do the Steelers minus 13 and a half at Dallas on Sunday. I mean, I'm doing three units on it. Uh, Dallas may be the worst team in the league. No matter who's playing quarterback, whether it's Andy Dalton, Ben DiNucci, or this fucking Cooper Rush kid that they're thinking about starting. I don't care who it is, they suck. They're 0-8 against the spread. Meanwhile, so they're the worst team in the NFL against the spread, 0-8. Meanwhile, the Steelers are the best team in the league against the spread, six and one, with an average margin of victory of nine point nine, and Dallas' average margin of defeat is ten point one. Um Dallas has played much far less superior opponents than Pittsburgh has, I think this is going to be maybe even 20-point-plus blowout. Yeah, I have that on my picks later. Not really much to say right now, other than the fact that, like, yes, 13-and-a-half, 13, 13, whatever the hell you get at it at, as long as it's under 14 points, is a big spread. But the Steelers are just I, – I, it gives me nightmares thinking about what they're going to do to the Cowboys offense. Yeah. And I even I even said it earlier in the year, like I remember I think week two, like I asked like are the Steelers legit? I think it's time to start saying yes they are. Hey, I I was like when we did our over under totals at the beginning of the year, like we did our team win totals, uh, I was like very on the line of picking the Steelers over with like Big Ben coming off of his injury, I think it was at like ten. Yeah. And we both picked it over and that is like a lock of the year right now. <laughs> yeah, no shit. So like that especially with them going against the Cowboys this week. That's one of my picks later um, that I have two units on as well. Okay. So I'll just touch on it later. But regardless, let's move on to our five additional. My first one, Saturday, weird time, 10.30 a.m. Yeah. Air Force at Army. Weird time, but um, I like it because Army is five and a half. Yeah, I had to check because the lines yeah. like crazy. Army's five-and-a-half-point favorites, and that's who I'm riding, two units at home. Do you have this game? Yeah, I do. All right. Army six-and-one, only five-and-a-half-point favorites at home against the one-and-two Air Force Falcons. Uh, Air Force, all they can do is run the ball. You know, Army has a, an, an all-right rush, de- rush defense. Um, on the other hand, Air Force, just their defense is – average at best and uh, i just don't see air force being able to keep up with what army scores at all yeah i like to speak a lot um army's five and two against the spread with an average margin of victory of 21.9 air force has lost by more than six points in both of their losses they lost by 11 and 19 in both of their losses so they're one and two lost by 11 and 19 in both of those i think army's the better team here clearly uh played more games this year able to be more consistent at home, big game. Um, so I'm also riding them at minus five and a half at two units. That being said, I'll roll into what my first game was going to be because that was my second game. My first game, I'm double dipping on Thursday night, baby. I got a Thursday night college game for y'all. Um, Thursday night at 6 p.m., I got Utah State at Nevada. Nevada is 16-point favorites, and that's who I'm riding with at two and a half units. Nevada is 2-0 and o against the spread this year with an average margin of victory of ten and a half. I know this. Is, you're like Jared. Margin victory is ten and a half. They're sixteen point favorites. Well, guess what? Utah State is zero and two against the spread. They have been outscored by an average of thirty points per game this year in both their games. I think it's easy money. Nevada is the better team. It's at home Thursday night. So double dip there with our Thursday night picks in Nevada in college. Two and a half units. All right, we got Jared with the saber metrics over here, rocking every stat in the book. My second. Uh, college pick is Saturday at 11 a.m., so we got 10, 30, and 11. It is Nebraska at Northwestern. Northwestern is three-and-a-half-point favorites at home, hammering them three units on Northwestern. Jared's giving me the hammer over here. Uh, Northwestern's 2-0. and oh, Nebraska's 0-1, letting up 491 points a game. Adrian Martinez sucks. Northwestern slaughtered Maryland, beat Iowa, in Iowa, now they're coming home to play the sh- shitty North- Nebraska team. I think this is one of those lines that it's early in the Big Ten year, so they don't really know what to do, and N- Northwestern just hammers them. Love this! I damn near included it on my card, but I only did two two college games for y'all this week. Um, but I do like to pick a lot. If I if I lose a game for whatever reason, this was going to be. I have like I always do like three reserve picks every week. And this was going to be one of them. Love it. Love that pick. Um, all right, is, is that is that all of your college picks? It is. There, I have three NFL picks. You've already talked about one. Okay, so you're talking about one. I'll, I have three more additional ones as well. My first one is going to be a Sunday noon game. Actually, all three of my additional ones are Sunday noon games. I got the Broncos at the Falcons. Um, I'm doing Broncos plus four, two and a half units on that. Denver is five and two against the spread this year. Fun fact, they've been an underdog in every single one of their games this year, and they're 5-2 against the spread. I think that's pretty impressive. While Atlanta is a measly 3-5 and five against the spread, they're 0-4 oh against the spread at home. And Drew Locke has a swagger back. I think Denver keeps one close, maybe even possibly wins, but they definitely keep it within a field goal, um, which is why I'm leaning Broncos plus four. All right. I like it. I like it a lot. It's hard to root against Drew Locke. Mm-hmm. Um, so My Sunday noon pick, because I have three of them, is Panthers at Chiefs. Chiefs are 10.5 point favorites, and I am throwing two units on the Chiefs. Um, I mean, I talked about how much the Panthers kind of exposed themselves this past week. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are picking up steam, and it doesn't really seem like they're letting off the gas at all. Like They're blowing out teams with no regard. They're still yeah. putting up points in the fourth quarter with, with time on the clock when they know they've won the game. And I love it. I well, love so, it. Yeah, like, I as, yeah, as much as you and I have talked shit on the Chiefs, like I gotta respect that, man. Yeah, like I love I love putting up points on the board when uh when you know the game's over. They were two weeks ago just a few point differential points ahead of the Dolphins in like third or fourth place. Now they're first in the league like a plus 109 point differential they're putting up points their defense is actually coming into play I don't think the, the Carolina Panthers are going to be able to move the ball that well even like you got you got to think even though you get McCaffrey back he's still got to find his rhythm back into the offense he's missed what five or six weeks like he's got to get back into things it's gonna uh, be tough. And that and that Kansas City D line ain't nothing to fuck around with. Chris Jones I'm like you see that video of them whenever they play the Jets, the they're playing uh the swag surf video. I swag when I surf. I sw- and like they're all, like the whole defense is just like it's like in between a timeout and they're just like taunting the fucking Jets teams. I'm like dude, they're they're just they're playing with a lot of swagger right now, and it's it's hard to bet against them. It is, and it's not so it's not supposed to be cold. Uh it's supposed to be actually like high of seventy four on Sunday in Kansas City, which is crazy when you're thinking about mid-November. Uh but that's I feel like that's only gonna help the Chiefs, you know, play better. Absolutely. You're not gonna have to throw the, that cold ball around. Chiefs minus ten and a half. If you want to buy it down to ten to make feel a little bit more comfortable, do it. But I like it at ten and a half, eleven, whatever. Okay. I like that pick. I'll definitely tail it. Not on my slate. My next pick. Uh, we've got two teams coming off a bye, Texans at Jaguars Sunday at noon. Um, I'm gonna doing Texas minus, Texans minus seven at two units. Um, like I said, both these teams come off a bye. It's hard telling which one will show up to play more. But I think – I honestly do, and I'll stand by this. I know Travis will probably back me on this as well. I think the Texans are a much better team despite what the record says about them. And Jacksonville is Jacksonville. Um, they have allowed a league-high – thirty-four point three points per game in their last three games, which I think looking at most recent ones is more important. Um, while Houston has scored nearly twenty nine points per game in the last three. So they're putting up points. Jackson's allowing points. someone has got to give. That's why I'm leaning Texans minus seven. All right. I looked at that. It's just it's so hard to bet. Like I I like it. I'll probably end up taking it or throwing it in a teaser. It's just so hard to bet on a team to win by a touchdown when they're They only have one or two wins. Yeah. Uh, But I don't mind it. I like it. But Jacksonville should theoretically honestly be probably winless right now. Should be. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Uh, My next pick, Sunday at noon. This one I like a lot. Seahawks at Bills. Seahawks are minus three on the road taking the Seahawks. Could rain. It could be cold. Doesn't matter. They're used to it. Throwing two units on the Seahawks minus three. I already mentioned earlier in this that – the Bills have just looked increasingly worse week by week by week. If it's not their offense, it's their defense. I mean, you try to compare Russell Wilson, D.K. Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett to Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, and it is just blown out of the bar. There's no way, no way this does not hit. almost was my lock. The only reason it wasn't is because I can't trust Seahawks defense just yet. Yeah. I mean, I agree with that. We saw Seahawks blow some games, especially that Arizona game on Sunday night, I believe it was. Um, this is also, was that, was that your last pick? Yeah, because my next one is the Steelers minus 13 and a half, and you already took that because that's the Sunday at 325. Okay, so I also have the Seahawks-Bills game as my last pick. Not doing the spread. I'm doing the over of 55 at two units. Um, the over has hit in these two teams' games 10 times this year. With the over in Seattle in the Seattle game, hitting by an average of 10 points. So whatever Vegas puts the line at, the average of the over when it hits in Seattle games is by 10 points, which is a lot. Seattle has also been on a tear lately. They're averaging 32.7 points per game in the last three games. And they're also allowing 30 points per game on the, on the defense side of the ball. So you could easily see like a 33-30 Seahawks win here. Maybe let's go ahead and say for Travis, like 35-31. So they cover... Overheads, Boom. There you go. Like it. Like all of our picks. I am much more confident in this week's slate of picks than I have been in the last two. I mean, we, we're going to put out picks regardless of if we love them or not. No, it's not a great mindset, but it is sports gambling and anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, what what I will say is I think in the beginning of the year, it was a little bit easier because you go off your gut a little bit more. The teams weren't really in a rhythm. Now you got to really start looking at the numbers. You know, like looking at like Record against the spread now that we got some, some data out there. And I feel like we both kind of did that this week and we both analyzed it from a lot more of an analytical standpoint. And I feel very confident. Yeah. My, my thing with it is I don't ever really take a lot of teams plus the points. Like, I always look at the favorites and how they're performing. And I never look at teams that are, like, covering as underdogs. And you didn't really do that this week either. And I did, like, I never do. I, I, it is very rare. Like you can go back and probably look at our last 60 episodes. I very, very rarely pick teams that are, that are plus underdogs. I just, I don't know why. It's just something in my mind that fucks with me. And I mean, it's, it's fine. Cause I've been doing good without it, but yeah, it's just something that I usually stray away from. I agree. So Some that you're good at, you roll with it, and you let me pick my favorite, my uh, favorite picks. Yeah, I agree. Which I'm going to try I, I thought that too today, which is kind of crazy. You're thinking that, like brother, uh, brain, same same brainwave, telepathy, telepathy. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is why I put the Broncos plus four in mine. I try to look at teams that were good against the spread, who have been underdogs a lot. And the Broncos are five and two against the spread. And they've been underdogs in every single game this year. And they're still 5-2 and two against the spread. So I was like, fuck it. Plus four. I like that. So that, that's, that's the way the cookie crumbles. And I'm kind of tipsy right now. That is the way the cookie crumbles. I am tipsy too. But this is your election night episode. And that's about all we have for this week. So hopefully we win you some money. Enter in our DFS lineup if you are confident enough in it. And uh, gamble responsibly. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. And let us know if you guys would be interested in doing a DFS thing. We think it'd be cool. And we might, I might have something special up our sleeve. I'm going to run by Travis's mind for episode hundred. Cause that's coming up soon. I think it's the week of Thanksgiving is our hundred as our hundredth episode. Um, so that'll be exciting and fun. But you guys take it easy and peace out.